Please note, this episode references sexual assault. Please see the show notes for helpful links. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is the way with this podcast, um... At all, we always have a conversation before I start recording. Okay. And then halfway through the conversation, I'm like, stop, we need to record this because all uh-huh. the stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I will introduce you first. Okay. And say that the fabulous. Yeah. Because I'm already getting the fabulous vibes. Yes. Lana McGuire from Mara Adventure is on the Broad and the Brave. Thank you so much for being here. It's a total pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank <laughs> you. You uh, slid into my DMs, as they say. I did. And how could I resist? Laura McGuire messaged me saying, um, so hi, I'm Laura. I'd love to come on your podcast. I'm a mermaid. Uh, hello. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to know anymore. <laughs> yeah. Professional mermaids. Uh, yeah. And then some. And then some. Yeah. So I, I, w- I don't want to necessarily pigeonhole myself as, you know, just a mermaid because. Because you're not. Because I'm absolutely not, but, I'm, um, <laughs> but it was a unique selling point. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like my USP slash my gimmick, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I am a freediving and yoga and scuba and breathwork instructor and expedition leader. Um, and I've led kind of marine conservation expeditions all over the world for the last 12 years. Um, I got into the mermaiding fairly recently, actually, um, because... Because you didn't have enough strings to your boat. I know. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to do another qualification. Why not? (laughs) I love it. I mean, the more I've looked on your Instagram, so your Instagram is Mara Ocean Adventures for anyone who's looking up. You know, we'll put everything in the show notes, but um, I obviously then started to look at all your content and stuff, and I was looking at your website, and yeah, I... My first instinct, instinctual question would be like, how do you get into that world? Has mm. the ocean always been part of your life? Mm. Great question. Cool. Great question. <laughs> yeah, great question. So um, as you can hear from my accent, I'm from Oxford, right? Okay. So I'm from cool. probably the most landlocked place mm-hmm. in the UK. And um, I was really, really, really privileged and very, I'm very grateful for my upbringing because my family, even though they worked all the time, both didn't see much of them during the week. What they tended to do is we we went on nice holidays. Cool. So we went on nice holidays and they were always ocean themed. Right. And so it was kind of one of those things that I was exposed to a lot of ocean, warm ocean, kind of Red Sea, that sort of vibe early on. And I just fell just... I just I just started falling in love with it. Um, I learned to scuba dive when I was 11 years old wow. with my dad. Gosh. <laughs> um, I think we all tried to do it as a family, me, mum and mm-hmm. dad. Mum struggled mm-hmm. and me and dad did it. And then it was a really nice like daddy daughter thing to do. Yeah. And I and then when my family sort of were going through divorce, like me and me and dad hung out and we went scuba diving together wow. and it was just lovely. Because yeah. it was just something that me and him could do. And I think it was really, um, 
yeah, it was great. It was great. And so we went to sort of Malta and the Red Sea, went to Egypt a couple of times together. And it was, it was really cool. And my, my scuba journey continued. Mm -hmm. And so when I was 18, I took a year out and for the first kind of four months of that, well, like, well, first I worked for six months. I was working sort of, you know, doing, doing all the things, um, (laughs) you know, all the things, you know, all the things, all the things, um, (laughs) lots of till work. I seem to remember lots of till work, lots of barista work, um, as you do. And so, but I'm, so I, I saved up for this trip and the trip was with a expedition company. Um, I think they're probably still around and they, um, rally international. And I went to Namibia for three months. It was like this three month expedition. It was, it was called kind of a, a youth development program Mm -hmm. and it was really immersive and it was pretty pretty cool actually we we like hiked across the Namib desert and we we just did all this amazing thing these amazing things um and we had to fund ourselves obviously and it was you know it was was a big it was a big thing and it was really I think looking back it was really influential on on my life path at that age were you thinking about what you wanted to do had you any idea that this is the world that you wanted I, I I was really into I was actually really into theatre, which is like yes. interesting. So I actually did a drama degree. Yeah, yeah. See, that's right. <laughs> right, I'm drawn, yeah. I'm drawn. All here to Yeah, that's it. That's it. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I kind of I did this exhibition, and then I I went and did my um, dive master, which is like something that you do before you become an instructor okay so it's kind of like a first professional level of um scuba so i did my dive master kind of age yeah age 18 so i was pretty young let me see yeah i think you can like kudos to your your parents like and your dad for continuing that because mm. that's quite a it's quite a big thing like to scuba mm. dive at that age yeah do you know what i mean like so young and yeah for him to like obviously he was confident in his ability and like mm. but your ability too like that's quite a dangerous activity yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? but like you, you obviously run a natural at it do you yeah know what I mean? to be like learning at that age and achieving that at 18 yeah totally totally and i and so i, I yeah so i i mean i loved it i loved mm. it and i i really i really felt like at home mm-hmm. in the in the water so yeah then I went to uni I did my drama degree mm-hmm. um and I sort of had a real interest in like community theater sort of the more less about performance more about working with just people yes. <laughs> humans yes. um and doing some just like I the degree course I did was the probably the really inspirational thing is we did a theater in prisons project which I loved yeah and so that was sort of one of my options. I was thinking quite heavily, like leaning towards mm-hmm. left after uni. I was, so when I moved to Edinburgh, um, so that's where my connection to Scotland oh, okay, started. Okay. <laughs> was that fringe related? Um, it or? was fringe related. Okay. Yeah. So during, when I was, during my degree, I, I worked a summer in the fringe and I just loved it. And I just thought, sure. you know what, this is such a cool city. It's yeah. just got such a buzz. Um, and then I went back to that job that I was working. Um, okay. So I was a chugger for a while, a charity mugger. We used to stand on the streets. Oh, <laughs> I was one of those. It was like, I was going to nod my head. I knew that was. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Some of you will call you. Yeah. Yeah. They called us chuggers. It was honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to get called a lobby job because I worked at McDonald's and cleaned the toilets. So I don't know what's worse. <laughs> I think maybe a lobby jobby. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah so I was a chugger for a couple of years actually around Scotland and it was it was really in- I mean that would be a wow thankless task I'm assuming it was thankless yeah. and especially because I'm English and I have a posh accent and I was in these like I was in these like I was in these I'm a nice person please don't throw things at me um I was in these sort of like quite rough, I have to say, okay. like you know, towns where Enough. and trying to nobody wanted to give me any money. Nobody wants to give me any time. Never made money. Exactly. Um. So I did that for like yeah, a year or two, I think. Built um, your resilience, I'm sure. Right, but it was interesting because it attracted a certain demographic graphic of people it was like it attracted people who were all in a lot of performers a lot of people who have like because you had to have quite high (laughs) resilience (laughs) levels uh i remember this is not forever i know this is this is the stop gap (laughs) yeah but it was also amazing for my confidence and all those kind of Mm -hmm. things because i was standing on the street like talking to people Mm -hmm. every day and you know i I remember one day on princess street it was just like it was snowing and there was a gale and it was horrendous and i was in maybe like 11 layers and i'm not even exaggerating (laughs) like i was so cold and um i was a team leader so i had to go and like be really enthusiastic and like cheer everyone on and it was just like what am I doing with my life this is <laughs> this is quite this is this is not the dream it's not conducive to the blood no so this was not the dream so I think there was a, like a series of events that then meant that I was like no do you know what I am gonna take a different path yeah I'd had some money saved up and all the things and I just was like do you know what I actually think I'm gonna go to Bali and do my dive instructors of <laughs> See, see, use people that have these dreams and actually fulfill them. Like, how does how do you get from A to B? Because lots of people will be thinking that, including myself. Like, it'd be really cool to do that. Mm. But, you know, I really admire that gumption and that like gallusness to be like, I'm going to go. Yeah, that. because that you know, you you do have a job. You're making money. Mm. It might not be your favorite thing, but it's like mm. to make that decision and, and take the leap of faith. Yeah, like where where do you think that comes from? I think. Um... Oh, I think I was at a little, so there was a couple of things. I think one thing I was at a little bit of crisis point because I'd had, um, oh, is, yeah. I'd had like a bit of a, I'd had a sexual assault. So I'd been attacked, right? So I was at a low point. What? Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I was feeling, so it was kind of like, I had to make a change and like Edinburgh for me brought back all of these just like horrendous memories and it was triggering as hell to I'm be. I'm so sorry that happened to you. No, it's okay. It's, I mean, you don't need to share anything. Yeah. But you're welcome to whatever, yeah. whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. So I, I think um, I worked really closely with, um, yeah, Rape Crisis Scotland who were amazing and I want to give them a big shout out because they were, they saved my life mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, but I, it was that from that experience something switched within me that was like this sort of like I need I'm going to be the most resilient I'm going to be the most strong I'm going to be the most passionate person and I'm going to live and I think it it was sort of like there was you know you kind of when something horrendous happens there's this like victim Mm -hmm. like thing that can happen and actually for me it was like I am not going to be a victim no way because that means he won right (laughs) like I'm gonna just power through and so I just booked a flight I literally just looked at I did some research I looked about like I did an internship program 
So you go and you kind of, you stay in a place for three months, four months or whatever, and you do your dive instructors and they provide you with accommodation. And, you know, so it was kind of, it was, it was safe in a way. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was one of those things that felt like, it felt like a a package that was. Yes. It wasn't completely unknown and things were already set out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was much easier than just kind of gung-hoing it. (laughs) But I mean, it's still, in my opinion, it's still serious. Yeah. And more so considering what yeah. it's like. I mean, I don't know, literally we've just met today and I didn't know you then, but I'm I'm proud of you at that point in your life. Like, I think that's amazing. Thank you. To have taken charge of your life and be like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. I'm gonna li- like you said, I'm going to live my life. Yeah. And, I mean, what a way to live it, wouldn't you, Bally? Yeah. That, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I must have been, I was young. I was like 23, must have been like 23 wow. at that point. Like, And so went to Bali, did my dive instructors, and then I ended up working in Indonesia for like six months, which was cool. Yeah. So working as a dive instructor. And then I moved to Australia <laughs> and worked in Australia for two years. God. Yeah, which is and amazing. Is that just because you're meeting people and you're like yeah. inspired and you're like, I could do this. And that's mm. the thing. It's one thing leads to another thing. Totally, it? totally. And I'm such a, I'm a, cha- I'm a chatter, um, as you may Love have it. noticed. Um, but I, yeah, I met an amazing woman in Bali and she lived in Australia and she was just like, come, why not? Like, I've got a place you can crash. Like, I can hook you up with my friend who's got a dive shop. You know, I can't get you the job, but I can mm-hmm. get you the interview. Um, and so that happened. And so I was with her for a couple of months until the water sort of cooled down. And then I was like out on my own two feet again. Mm-hmm. And I moved kind of up to the Great Barrier Reef. Um, wow. And so I worked on the Great Barrier Reef for over a year and that's teaching diving teaching diving yes yeah. yeah, so i actually worked for the the world's busiest dive shop actually it was like pretty insane it was it was uh <laughs> yeah it was like a bit of a conveyor belt so i got so much experience so quickly and had job stability and all the things that mm-hmm. was just is is can be challenging in in this role yeah, yeah. um and so that was amazing and yeah so i was there for yeah there for two years in australia mm-hmm. wanted to stay couldn't stay because of the visa situation um so came back to edinburgh for a little bit lived with my mum who was living in edinburgh at this point Uh which was really nice and then i oh yeah back to back to all the jobs you know like reality <laughs> reality jobs so you know like I was a very stir and I was like you know yoga studio and I was I actually had three jobs I think on the go at one point um in terms of your yoga practice you already I was so my yogi. yeah so my mum my mum uh my mum teaches yoga so oh, I've sort of okay. grown up around it and and oh, yeah. and I think for me although for me I am not as like skinny white mo- hyper mobile <laughs> female you're sitting <laughs> looking a picture of health and very glowing very very dealing. <laughs> well thank you but um no my yoga practice has been more about i i have found that um i've got really active brain very active and yeah hi i'm thinking is my favorite plastic <laughs> yeah and so I think for me, stuff like breath work and stuff that brings in presence and like actually yin yoga, like slowing right down mm-hmm. has been has been a total godsend to me. Right. Um, and it's just as well, I've, what I've found over the years is like, 
I, I love a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I often do quite extreme things, run marathons, cycle big long distances, you know. Blah, blah, blah. We talk about going <laughs> walking a marathon, you're like, yeah. <laughs> That's just a walk around the park. I'm like, I walked 13 miles last night. You're like, that is. No, it's amazing. It's silly. So, yeah, but the yoga has always been like a a counter for that. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, I mean, this is quite, this is a very, this is a very spiritual thing I'm about to say. But um, I feel like in all of us, we have like a male part and a female part. And you know regardless of your gender and it's like the male part is like the striving the pushing the go 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 and the female part is like you know the the yin yoga and the meditation and the slowing down and I find that like it's like the yin and the yang yeah you've got to feed both and I have at times swayed more into the male kind of like the striving the pushing the stuff and when I when I do like flip over to that side, I feel like I'm I I'm fee- I don't feel like my I'm not being nourished okay. spiritually. Okay. You know, I just need to kind of like meditate for a bit or like go into nature or slow down or breathe yes. properly. And I and I and it's been a real balance to to, mm. to kind of balance the two actually because yeah, I I think um well maybe I'll get to it, but <laughs> I worked in I worked in Timor Leste for three years which is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever been. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. So I was managing a marine conservation expedition there. Gosh. So um, I did my master's in Edinburgh in outdoor education. And Jeez. whilst I was there, I was also working in the aquarium with sharks. Two very contrasting things. Yes. Yes. And the yoga studio. So I was kind of doing lots of things. I was I was balancing well, all the things. What are you doing? Is just working with sharks? I know. It was quite funny. So yeah, I was a bit of a shark wrangler for a, a wee moment there. It was it was fun. It was fun. Um but the Masters in Outdoor Education really cemented to me how much it almost like brought the stuff I loved about drama and working um, with people. Yes. But it took it into the outdoors, which is my place. And it's just that experiential learning, like doing things, playing outside. And for me, it's all about doing that in the ocean. Yes. And I love it. It's so funny because I've had someone else who was in the dance world sat there, said the exact same thing because she was working at a zoo Mm. and being a dancer. And now she's a conservationist. Wow. And works with people. She's in schools and community Mm. groups. And yeah, so it's, yeah. There must be something about, you know, those two worlds like colliding and going, how can you Mm -hmm. make them fit? And obviously you can. You can. Uh And I I guess it's bringing people into your world and the world of, you know, marine conservation. Mm -hmm. That feels like, if that's not your world, that feels like alien and that's other and it's over Mm -hmm. there. It feels like something that people would be interested in, but it's just not. You know, yeah. they've not been brought up round the sea. No. It, like, you know, like a landlocked place like you were saying earlier on, then that feels like a whole other... It's so far away. Uh-huh. It's so far yes. away. So, yeah, so I worked in Timor, which will bring all of these things together, so I think. So it's in between Indonesia and Australia. Right. It's a small, independent country. Uh-huh. It was really troubled. So okay. it was a Portuguese colony. Uh-huh. Then it was an Indonesian colony. And then it got an independence in like early 2000s. Right. And so it's definitely a post-conflict zone. So it has lots of troubles and issues. Got you. Um, it's one of the poorest countries in the world. 
However, it's one of the most rich marine biodiverse countries in the world. So it's also interestingly surrounded by oil. So there's contention around it because, uh, you know, they harvest, harvest, mill, I don't know. They get the oil. Yeah. <laughs> and they process it. Yeah, yeah. And they process it in Australia not Timor, you know, and so there's this whole thing. And and so during the time of the Indonesian invasion, it, the Indonesians were um it was horrendous, the the whole the whole thing. It was the UN had a big heavy presence in Timor because um yeah, basically the Indonesians were there was all these kind of shootings in in public places in churches and cathedrals. They were driving busloads of children off mountains. Like it was awful. It was awful and the timorese sent out a help signal to the australians and the australians turned the radios off because of the contention with the oil wow it's just all this like conflict of interest um and so it's a well so i was there for three years i was working for a marine conservation ngo Mm -hmm. um british actually a british uh called blue ventures they're not there anymore Mm -hmm. um not not in the capacity that i was there and i was running these like voluntourism project i think you'd call it so basically what it is is that people westerners normally Mm -hmm. would pay to come and be part of a marine conservation program and stay for six weeks right right and so during that time they would be trained up on how to do science diving collecting kind of data from the coral reef collecting data from the fish you know all of that stuff meanwhile we were doing a community project um which was like Putting, trying to, um, because a lot of the humans in Timor, especially on the island I was living on, they were subsistence fishers. So they were, they didn't have jobs. Yeah. They were fishing to survive. Yeah. And so there was no kind of cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we created this like homestay project where um, people that were living, um, that people who paid to come and be um, mm-hmm. on our project would then go and stay in the homestays, cool. which was also amazing because it meant that they could have this like interaction. The culture and exactly so like exchange yeah so it was so cool it was so cool wow so I was there for three years I went initially as a uh dive the dive manager and then and someone else was the expedition manager and then she only lasted about two months three months because the job was hard I mean it was definitely a hard job Mm -hmm. um and so things like you know there was a big dengue outbreak and so there was you know all other volunteers were getting dengue and we had to do lots of medical evacuations and all the things and so anyway so she quit and they sent someone else in he lasted about a couple of months and so I ended up taking on the job I just said no resilience (laughs) I know I know so I was like you know what I can do both the dive manager and the expedition manager job combine them that is fine and so I had this big job, big job. Yeah. But it was honestly, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life because, yeah, I was managing all the diving. I was managing a team of 10, um, seven of which were Timorese. Right. And then I had two, um, yeah, like European mm-hmm. um, scientists, like field scientists to look after. Fascinating stuff. Like, yeah. Imagine. It was and incredible. Just, you know, in, you know <laughs> integrating yourself into a completely different world. Yeah. You know, from what you've known before. <laughs> I guess even from your even from your travels. So yeah, like that such a remote and such a small place and it's got its own 
ecosystem and its mm-hmm. own way of living. And but then meeting all these other people from around the world, mm. and then you know, obviously your love of the ocean, you're in the ocean most mm. days, I would imagine. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like, but yeah equally difficult in parts but it's just fascinating it was fascinating I think it really cemented to me just obviously my love of the ocean Uh (laughs) because I was yeah I was in the ocean I was diving what twice three times a day and then doing all my other admin in the afternoon it was pretty mad it was pretty mad I I mean I don't know how I did it all to be honest um (laughs) and yeah and and my probably my biggest achievement there was I trained up the first ever female dive master Wow. So I trained up this woman um, called Mima and she, Jemima Gomez, um, she's a Timorese and she, yeah, so she, I mean, when I met her, she was a terrible swimmer. <laughs> There's hope for us all. I know, she was terrible. <laughs> and she couldn't even lift a tank, right? She couldn't even lift a scuba tank. Okay. And so... You know, there was so, there's so many scuba instructors in the world who just wouldn't have bothered. But I just, I basically ended up writing her a program. We, I did workouts with her every day. I was like, it was like Laura's boot camp. It was yeah. pretty insane. Uh, but, you know, it worked. And And then what was just so incredible is that she inspired all these women because they saw her, I gave her some resistance bands and then they saw her working out yeah. and they, and women didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Women didn't do that in that culture. Mm-hmm. And then all these, all these women saw me out running or out on my mountain bike and they just thought like, it was so alien. Yeah. It was so alien, but actually in a really subtle way, inspiring because, Oops. you know, she was told time and time again that she wasn't able to, you know, she shouldn't be diving because she couldn't have children or she could, she shouldn't be diving because that's what not, women didn't do that. That's what white people did. You know, it's okay. like all these things. Okay. And she, so she had all this kind of like resistance. resistance. Uh-huh. Exactly. And she was so, I mean, yeah. This is a bit... for keeping going, Jimmy, obviously. Exactly. Incredible support, you know. <laughs> and then it was, I was wondering earlier, even when you, you touched on gender in terms of you were saying your inner being. Yeah. But that world of of diving mm. alone is it quite you know gender specific yeah I mean I don't want to put people in boxes but is it a quite a male audience I would world? say yeah it totally is right. it totally is and, and especially that kind of there I, I what I found what I found in my whole team experience is that I had to really like I was saying earlier like the male and the female kind of side of me I really mm. was leaning heavily into my male side because also there was like a huge amount of sexual harassment going on <laughs> again um because it was uh ah, I think because it's I think because of the the violence that people had experienced in their lives because they everyone over the age of 20 had experienced violence from wow. the conflict from yeah. the Indonesian invasion okay. and all that things and so levels of domestic violence mm. levels of abuse levels of violence was just really high mm-hmm. and what was happening is white women were being um just kind of subtle things um but things like public masturbation groping okay. all of those things were like very much part of our daily lives um and so it was this like most difficult for you after especially re- after what you exactly it was really triggering yeah. um and then I found also I was pushing back because you know I was a female manager of this um, of this big project and everyone around me were male 
you know Mm -hmm. and so there was that side of it too so I was kind of really having to kind of like really step up and be quite Mm -hmm. tough tough to the point of like yeah I mean I think I think I was quite a wall there for (laughs) for a for a while to protect yourself like that though to your mental health and your physical well-being and and all the responsibility I mean Mm. massive amounts of responsibility you're taking people on diet yeah. so you know the ocean's a scary place and yeah. it's, a, it's a dangerous place and you obviously have to have that respect for it all times. yeah i mean you already told me about a thing where it <laughs> wrapped itself around your face like <laughs> you know unpredictable surroundings you know you're going out i guess there's only so much that you can control yeah exactly world when you do go into the ocean so yeah but it's, it must be really tricky on land mm-hmm. where you also need to set up these mm. incredible boundaries to protect yourself in a unknown place yeah and I have found I have found in my in my experience is that I've had to prove myself twice as hard okay. as if I was a man sometimes mm-hmm. and and actually the people who know and respect me know that I'm like <laughs> I'm a machine mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> like I get things done and I, yeah. I and I and I am quite powerful but what I have found is, you know, people questioning, people questioning your ability or your judgment, mm. and it, and sometimes it's more subtle. Um, but you think you wouldn't be doing this if mm. I was a man. Okay. No way, mm. Jose. But again, my love of the ocean prevails, and that's sort that, of, yeah, you know, you. and that's and that's been, you know, that's that was the drive. And I think, I think Timor, you know, I ended up, I left, I left in the end. Uh, I left in the end because I think I just, I just, to be honest, I was like burning out at this point. I'd had too much. It would have been three years is a long time. Three years is a really long time. Spend in a place like that, I would imagine. Yeah, everything that's going on. I mean, it was solar panels, so there was like limited electricity, and there wasn't really any running water. So I was using <laughs> bucket showers. Wow, wow, <laughs> three years. <laughs> Three days, really, baby. <laughs> you know, and like, I saw my friend the other day. This is a funny little aside, but she was like, "Remember that bikini that I lent you?" Because she was Portuguese, right? And mm-hmm. I, I met her, and uh, I met her when I was on a week off in Bali, and she came to see me in Timor. Okay. And she left a bikini behind, uh-huh. and um, it was this like amazing Brazilian bikini that I totally can't get away with wearing because it was string. <laughs> it was basically string. Um, and <laughs> she could because she's Brazilian and gorgeous. But um, anyway, so she was like, I saw her a few weeks ago. And she's like, do you remember that bikini I left? And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry, but rats ate it. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, listen, I know. I know. Every day, I know. I know you think that's crazy to me, but I had it. It actually happened. I had to throw out so many of my clothes because I had just rats all the time. And just like <laughs> stuff like that that just makes you... Just makes you just like really it's chill. A really weird thing coming back to here, right? Being yeah. here, where you're just like, I would feel. I think like other people, you're like, you don't get your privilege, and you don't because you've been places where, yeah, on a daily basis, people, yeah, and you know, and obviously, I'm fully aware. You are fully aware of your mm. privilege. I mean, you you clocked it right away at the start of this conversation, saying your upbringing and stuff, but mm. living and working somewhere like that. Mm. And having to contend with that to then come back to Edinburgh, Brussels, yeah. and you, it, is it not quite difficult to then get back into this headspace? Yeah. Oh, for good. Yeah, yeah. I actually just be like, get a grip, everybody. I know. I don't know happy. I actually. So I have this one incident that's just like this, just like encapsulates this whole thing. So I, when I was in Timor, I had one flight a year. So I had one flight home oh, every right. year okay. with my with my um 
with my job and so I came back and I I flew into Edinburgh spent some time because my family aren't together so, which I've mentioned but I was spent some time with my mum and then I was going down to see my dad and he, and he lives in Oxford okay and I just find <laughs> like really apologies for saying this but I find <laughs> the more south you go the more uptight people get uh, no comment. Okay, right, fine. <laughs> Which is why I live in Scotland because you know I just anyway. So I was in sort of Oxfordish okay. area and um and I and I just I was in in Pratt and I was getting a coffee and I just watched someone. I watched this bar- barista hand a coffee and she said to the woman she was handing it to, "This is an americano. It's really hot. Please be careful." Mm-hmm. And this woman. Um, spilt a little bit of coffee on herself and then what what happened was rather than you know kind of taking responsibility for you know mm-hmm. she coffee. berated the barista and I was behind and I just thought oh my goodness you know I have watched people this year like and this is actually this was quite fresh after I'd witnessed quite a horrendous incident in team where I um, gave CPR for 45 minutes to a 17-year-old Timorese boy who died, unfortunately, because he drowned. And so I, and I was at the funeral. I spoke, I spoke at the funeral, and I was in this Timorese funeral, and I was, it was surrounded by the wailing and the, all these things, and it was, it was really intense, and it was heartbreaking, and I was feeling quite shaken up by the whole thing. And I just watched this coffee incident, and I, I cried. I was just like, they feel my Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> What the hell? Uh, don't know you're born. <laughs> you don't like. Uh-huh. There is so much privilege in this in this country, and people don't realise it and don't recognise it. And I I don't want to be one of those you know those wankers who are like go and travel the world, find yourself because it's not about that, but no, it's about recognising exactly exactly you, you can, like everything's relative. And if you're having a bad day, then fair enough. Do you know what I mean, but you can't go about treating other people no. as if they owe you something. No. You know what I mean, like, just, and your day will be much better. Uh-huh. If you just lead with a bit more kindness. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, that person's not maybe been around the world and they're not privy mm. to the, I mean, but we all watch the news and we can read the, mm-hmm. we're all, we're all mm-hmm. online, like, we're aware to an extent. Totally. Purely. And, and see as an overthinker and somebody who gets myself harassed about the minutia, that's mm-hmm. the, the guilt then comes with that. So if mm-hmm. I get myself really worked up about something that other people would be like, what are you worrying about that for? That's nothing. Mm. Usually for me, it's around something that I've done or not done. Or mm-hmm. It's all about like being the good, a good person, generally. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Uh, but the guilt immediately comes from that because you're just like, other people have actual worries, like yeah. life or death worries. You do not, like, mm-hmm. check yourself. And I guess it's a good barometer in it, like, to go, mm-hmm. okay, we all have our moments, we all have our, mm-hmm. hopefully not unkind ones like that. That mm-hmm. seems a bit mm-hmm. extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, but, yeah, just that check yourself because, mm. and you, you of all people have been witness mm-hmm. to stuff that most of us just won't. Yeah. <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen what goes on in the world. Yeah, more, than, more than most, I would say. And, like, for that, like, I'm just really privileged then to be sitting in your company and you tell me these stories because that's what I love about storytelling and sharing because I wasn't there and I won't witness that, I won't be part of that, but that's made me think, you know, and that's, I'm going to take that with me and I, mm. I guess you sharing your skills and your ability 
with others, mm. that's a gift then. Because you can share these stories and you can share your knowledge mm. and of the world and people don't have to have went around the world to know mm. what their privilege is and how lucky we are and what goes on in the world. Because mm. sometimes we're a bit like we're in our own wee boxes. And, mm-hmm. and I think I get the sense then for you that it is important for you to go and experience things firsthand. Mm. Like you're not somebody who wants to read about it in a book or <laughs> <laughs> see it on the internet. <laughs> Yeah. I hear about it in a podcast. <laughs> you are the you're the people that keep podcasts going. Yeah. Yeah. You can do the work. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you. It's so impressive, like so impressive. Mm. And all the while I guess you're then building up all these because so, I was thinking about free diving, right? Because we were talking about this on one of our many walks. There's yeah. a new Netflix documentary. There is. I've not seen it. There is. We were talking my friend yeah. Lindsay was like Did she love it? She loved it. Highly disturbed by it, but loved uh-huh. it. So we were talking about this other night, and it was so weird then when you messaged me. Mm. It's like, I know nothing of this world, right? Okay, this is exciting. Okay. So free diving. Free diving. Is that a whole other world from scuba diving? It is a whole other world. Yes. So, okay. Scuba diving came first. Alongside the yoga practice. Yeah. In some way, she perform. Exactly. Yes. Um, and so scuba diving has been like a fairly consistent thing. Mm-hmm. What I So when I was in Timor, as I've mentioned, I was, you know, running these, these expeditions, and I worked six weeks on one week off right right wow right yeah it was really intense oh. anyway <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot yeah you know and getting up at 5 a.m in the morning and starting at five and going and finishing when the volunteers went to bed at like 11 i mean it was it was really intense mm-hmm. on a week off i did lots of little adventures and there was a while there where the flights to bali were super cheap because mm-hmm. bali was the closest port right so it was like it's a hop it's an hour flight it's just oh, it's just over and it was like 80 bucks or something mm-hmm. it was 80 quid or you know it was mm-hmm. you know return off you go and so one year i think it was 2017 i decided to go and do a free diving course because i thought do you know what this is something this is something that's sort of come up and i i just thought you know i just want to go and give this a go why not mm-hmm. So off I went and um, I loved it. I I mean, I loved it. It was really interesting because it was such a contrast to everything that scuba has been about for me. Mm. Um, it It was a real internalized journey. So it's not about what you see or what you're looking at mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's about how you feel, <laughs> what the water feels like. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically meditation for me. Right. Um, so for any of you who don't know, I should probably explain. So freediving is basically when you are trained to hold your breath underwater. So you take a big final breath um, and you hold your breath and you swim normally and training down a line. So okay. the line is kind of like, it's like a line with a weight at the bottom. So you kind of, it's a straight down and you swim down it. Um, and then you turn around and come back up. Um, so it sounds, in in theory, it sounds quite boring. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to go and swim up and down a line? Well, Lindsay said free diving. I was like, what is that? Like jumping off a cliff? Yes. And Orange was like, no, you would think, but it's not. And I was like, right. And she was telling us all about it. And I, uh, yeah, it's not a world that I had heard mm. of, really. Um, and do you have to have being a scuba diver or no. some way shape or form no so it's, completely different, it's eh? completely different right. i think the main thing is that you do need to be able to swim mm-hmm. um and you i mean i would recommend doing a course yes. it's really important that you do a course actually because yes. um just to get the breathing right mm-hmm. because it's all about relaxation mm-hmm. and so um 
not hyperventilation. So it's the opposite of something like Wim Hof breathing. Right. right. It's all about like slowing the heart rate down, mm-hmm. slowing everything down, taking, you know, a big, beautiful final breath and then going for a dive. Um, why it's a really, I think why it's so popular and why it's a really addictive thing is it's just amazing seeing what the human body can do because it really is kind of stepping into the realm of testing mm-hmm. and feeling and being present you can't be anywhere else you have to be in your body in that moment in that time and I think I you know anyone who's a sports person knows that like that presence piece is just so powerful because it's like for the overthinker right it's like you you can't be overthinking you have to be in the moment yeah and there's a beautiful moment in freediving which um you get normally if you're doing like a level two course but sometimes if you're getting a level one course but you feel this free fall Mm-hmm. So you get past the point of positive buoyancy and then neutral buoyancy and you start sinking. Wow. So you feel yourself being pulled down by the ocean. So you fall, right? Wow. So it feels amazing. It's a very addictive feeling, okay. I find. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, so it's like it's kind of skydiving on in water, yes. right? So you just yeah. you're falling, you feel it, it's amazing. You're conserving oxygen because you're still, mm-hmm. um, and then you you reach your endpoint and you turn around and you have to kick like crazy to come back up. And you know you train and you do all these things, so it's it's not it's 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 incremental, like it's yeah. it's like slow yes. steps, slow steps, and you do courses one after the other, and you yeah. and you train and. But we all have the amazing ability to dive. So we all have something called mammalian dive reflex. So I have it, you have it, dogs have it, whales have it. (laughs) It's something that basically means that our body is able to dive. And so how it's triggered is you you get water on your face, cold water on your face, Mm -hmm. and um, it will slow your heart rate down. So your so your heart rate slows down. It will, um, you know, your your you get kind of peripheral vasoconstriction, which is basically when your blood does it like kind of doesn't shut off but it stops going towards your arms and your legs so it focuses on your core Uh, and your core area it will means that you often need to pee so it's like that feeling of when you get in the ocean you need to pee yeah so it's like um it's duralysis um so basically uh your kind of systems that are not essential so Mm -hmm. not your breathing systems are just like kind of shut off your glottis shuts down so you're like your um your neck kind of throat area kind of closes off so your body is preparing itself to dive. So how you can kind of, and it just gets stronger and stronger with time. So the more you dive, the stronger your mammalian dive reflex is. And, you know, and it, and it explains a few things. It explains why people say, oh, go and splash cold water on your face if you're stressed or, yeah. you know, all of those things. And because it, it actually does, you know, your heart rate will slow right down. Correct. And, you know, and I, I just think it's amazing that we all have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's so you, cool. tapped into it yeah most of us haven't <laughs> exactly and so yeah. so you know so freediving is is, is really cool because it's yeah sure it's quite a new modern phenomena mm. of sports you know it's probably been in the public eye for the last what 20 30 years yeah but actually it's an ancient it's, it's evolutionary it's, it's evolutionary uh-huh. exactly yeah. so this is back when we were like aquatic apes if you yes. believe that theory but it's you know when we were foraging for seafood mm-hmm. um and and have this ability to hold our breath i mean the human body is like it's incredible phenomenal uh-huh it's incredible it's just some of us are not using yeah. it to its full capacity probably totally don't have the means or the opportunity to yeah and that's what i appreciate about what you do because that you are like going into those worlds those mm. things where you're like 
could I test this? Yeah. How far can I push things? In that world of free diving, have you ever pushed it to the point where you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore? <laughs> um, no, do you know what? I, I'm not I'm not there yet. I um I did a competition in New Zealand. Um it was like during lockdowns and I think I think it was sort of and I was like, do you know what, why not? I'm gonna sign up for a competition. Cool. Uh most of these lives like I don't know, going for a walk around the block. I know. Meanwhile, I think banana bread It's all right. I ate my fair share of banana bread. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, actually human and not superheroes in front of me. Um yeah, so I was training with someone, um, my friend Gemma, Gemma O'Brien. She's a very wonderful Kiwi. So I was living in New Zealand at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was this amazing, amazing woman. And she she was a swimmer and she was also a New Zealand record holder for various freediving disciplines okay. in the pool. And I was training with her and I definitely felt pushed at times but I don't I've never blacked out for instance okay. so like I've never no, blacked out talk about that documentary with it yeah people black and I'm like nope yeah. yeah and I and I wouldn't want to either no I don't think that's necessary I mean some free does like oh I want to try and see what it feels like but I, but I I just also think it's really dangerous mm-hmm. um so I've never blacked out and I also actually I have really strong contractions really strong contractions which is basically when um when you're urged to breathe like starts happening Mm -hmm. which is when your co2 levels are rising in your bloodstream you get this thing called an urge to breathe Mm -hmm. and it can start with like feeling of warmth or sensations kind of in your body Mm -hmm. and then kind of as it gets more extreme you have diaphragm contractions Mm -hmm. mine have always been quite dramatic yeah so i think it would be i think it would be quite challenging to um to black out i think when when i was doing my instructor course i did lots of stamina tests which were like bombing down to 25 coming up like as a 10 seconds breath rest and then back down to 25 and then back up again and then back down to 25 and back up again and I hate to say this but I've got this like it was kind of kind of sick enjoyment from it <laughs> well I think I mean athletes that yeah that's your fuel eh? yeah just pushing yourself yeah. and seeing how far you can push it and yeah that makes sense like you are an athlete like you've spent your whole life training for these things mm. like, yeah, something's got to be driving you. Mm. And I'm definitely, I would say that I'm not, I'm in no way. I mean, there's incredible athletes out there. There are incredible freediving athletes and I am not a patch on, on any of them. Like, but I am this, I feel like I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm an ocean person. I love the ocean. I would do anything to be in the ocean. It's my happy place. I am calm in it. And I, I feel that time stops when I'm in the ocean. And, you know, I am the, I'm the person who is, I mean, I go and get in, in like a puddle if I could, you know, <laughs> I, I've got a burn. Oh, great. Perfect. And you must get, I mean, I was getting the impression that even the, the amount of places that you've lived in and worked mm. in, that you're the kind of person that gets itchy feet, but uh, I'm guessing you get itchy feet in terms of if you've not been in the ocean for a couple exactly. of Exactly. Yeah. Like, get me through Get that. me into the water. Uh-huh. Exactly. And like I mean I, I sometimes go in the swimming pool, but it just doesn't do the same. It doesn't hit it doesn't hit. Is it, that pool you were in this morning? I was in a pool this morning. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a pool this morning. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's like a chlorine tank. Yeah, so I just you know, 
although freediving is is for me it's an amazing thing and i i am gonna go i'm gonna go and base myself in dahab in egypt over the winter which is actually where the that was filmed that Ah, film yeah it's a bit of a mecca for freediving um so i'm just gonna go and teach and work there for for kind of four or five months as it's a bit cold here and you know and is that world you know you're saying i'm going to egypt and i'm going to work there is that world (laughs) small enough that you have contacts in all these places then you can be like hi exactly yeah and there'll be the opportunities and work there for you yeah that's cool yeah yeah i found that um I was given this one bit of advice actually, and it's it was more from my scuba advice, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's it's a really good one for this kind of world. Is go to a place with enough money for a month. Okay. Right. Go to a place with enough money for a month and go and set yourself up, and just go and peruse all the dive shops mm-hmm. and see which ones you vibe with, and go and introduce yourself to the the owner, the manager. Mm-hmm. Go and sort of make a good impression, maybe dive with them, and then you know, and then and then you're like. You're a step in the door, yeah. and then and then you got the job. Yeah. You know, like I've never really been, re- I've never been refused a dive job. Um, well, not with the experience, yeah, skill that you've got. True, <laughs> very true. You've put the, you've put the, I put the hard yards in. You have, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's that that mindset too of just like, okay, if something's not right, that's fine. Mm. I'll go and get a vibe. Um, but it is, it is kind of a brave thing. I, I know a lot of people like lining things up before they go to a place but um i'm a bit more loose these days i guess the more you've done it you're like this is fine like i think you i can only liken my kind of world to it in the sense that being freelance Mm -hmm. there is always that sense of it might all end tomorrow and you might not have enough money but also you're like it's kind of worked out like so Mm. far so good so you just keep doing the same things Mm -hmm. work hard be nice to people Mm mm-hmm hopefully it'll work out do you know what I mean like you've just kind of got mm. faith in the universe a bit as well totally people are good like generally humans are good and they'll look out for you totally totally and I think it's that karma piece you know karma. like do do good do good be yeah. good and and yeah. and and put good positive things out and it will work out 100%. I agree with that um yeah and you, but then you've also set up your own yes Yes. And I, I like that. So you've got best of both worlds. Yes. You, I, so I saw lots of lovely boats and then I saw <laughs> mermaid tails and I was like, what does she know do? <laughs> um, Amazing. So adventures. So this, is this Mara Adventures? This is then? Mara Adventures. So I returned from New Zealand last year. I was there for three years during COVID and all the stuff and I was working and diving and that's where I did my yoga teacher training. And I got I got more into free, the free diving and, and just all the things in New Zealand because I, I actually loved New Zealand. It was okay. a great place to live. Right, oh, okay. highly recommend okay. if you ever have the opportunity. Okay. It's yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I um, I feel really privileged, actually, to have been able to go for three years. Like mm-hmm. it was, I mean, I got locked down um, there and I yeah. couldn't I couldn't leave for, you know, two years. But actually, it was great. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was it was a place, fine. It was a place to get locked it, it was a good place to be locked down in. <laughs> yeah, I came back and I really was feeling this like, oh, I just I was feeling really creative. I really wanted to do my own thing. And I'd had a taste for it in New Zealand, but because I was sponsored by my job, I wasn't able to work for myself. I came home and I just was like, do you know what? I really want to do something here where I am, I'm using 10 years, over 10 Mm -hmm. years of experience 
and doing it something creative and doing something with people that celebrates the ocean and celebrates themselves and celebrates kind of the idea of disconnection to reconnect you know like mm-hmm. rewilding yourself reset button exactly mm-hmm. exactly and i and so that's kind of where Mara was born so I started Mara Adventures actually this year in January I kind of had a bit of yeah I've been on such a mission (laughs) I've been on such a big old push uh, with it so I yeah I I had a I had a winter um I spent a winter in Kilhoan which is where my mum now lives um, which is a beautiful part of the world it's Mm -hmm. very remote okay I mean it's like two hours to Fort William is that right down a single track to go wow. and get your shopping. I mean, it's... She ends up there. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I think she loves it. Right. She loves it. So she found a plot and built on a plot about 10 years ago. Gosh. And she absolutely loves it there. So, see where your adventurous spirit comes yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both quite adventurous people. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she lives there and um, with her husband, Ian. So I I just kind of went and hunkered down there for the winter mm-hmm. um, and they were away for quite a, a lot, actually. And it was just really, it was just the perfect place to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going up and I was getting in the ocean every day and I was just like dreaming of what I wanted Mara to be about. And, yeah, so I created... I created these expeditions. Um, so I'm I was running I'm running two this year. So one was in July. Okay. And I've got one coming up in September. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the tenth to the sixteenth of September. It's called Rewild and Free. Um, and it's basically a kind of free diving, snorkeling, ocean loving, doing yoga, doing breath work, mm-hmm. getting out whilst sailing a massive tour ship so this huge pirate ship (laughs) like it's it's honestly the the ship is amazing yeah for a week around the kind of inner hebrides with me the kind of impetus behind this is that i really i really wanted to kind of celebrate scottish ocean Mm -hmm. because what i've noticed is or uk ocean in general but like what i've noticed is that you know there's actually huge amounts of biodiversity mm-hmm. here in Scotland, massive amounts. And we have stunning oceans. And, you know, I think maybe this whole podcast has possibly been about my journey with like creating these experiential, these like really mm-hmm. hands on experiences for people to fall in love with the place. Mm-hmm. And 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 the place for me is the blue. Um and sort of if you fall in love with the ocean, then you want to protect it, then you want to get in it, then you want to share it, you want to celebrate mm-hmm. it, you want to you might you might rethink food choices, you might rethink actions. Yes. And I think that that's been what it's been about mm-hmm. for me. Um this kind of real driving force is that I just want I just want more people to experience and enjoy mm-hmm. the ocean and have fun in it. Yes. Um and so I think the joy piece is then where the mermaid tales come in. Got you. Okay, so the joy <laughs> Yeah. But we've got there. We've got there. It's taken it's taken a while, but here we are. Um so the mermaiding for me is about joy is mm-hmm. it is about total joy it's about freedom it's about fun it's about being silly um and it i don't and mermaid i want to just clarify doesn't mean a woman i think it could be a mer person of course a person of any gender in a tale absolutely having a wonderful time yes and um and swimming and i also think it's really hard so there's that whole piece too because i i was i was interviewed about this um for a newspaper fairly recently because they were fascinated in the whole mermaid thing (laughs) as most people are 
and they were saying oh you know like ah, uh, yeah but mermaids have this idea of being really pretty and girly and and stuff and that is something that i am very much not like i'm quite strong and yeah, um strong person, <laughs> strong person. <laughs> arguably the strongest person i've ever made <laughs> Thank you. But, um, sort of strong and fierce, and 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 I was like, well, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm not that... sitting in a rock, like brushing my hair. No, I'm absolutely <laughs> not. I'm not kind of like a cosplay mermaid, like just doing it for the costume. Like, no. I want to get in my tail in the cold mm-hmm. at Scottish Ocean and go for a swim because I think that's really badass and quite fun, and yes. and it's about power. And I also think there's this like, I love the kind of mythology behind it, mm-hmm. the you know the selkies that we have, yes. you know, like in Scotland, and the idea of this sort of like mer person that is, you know. Uh, yeah just magical um and i just think it's an it's, it's a great way of connecting people to the ocean you know it's that if, it, if it's a way in then it's a winner do you know what I mean like you're saying yeah. people are fascinated with it and maybe they come in thinking they've sussed it and they know what it is and it's then just your mm. job to be like well actually you think you know what it is here's what it actually is do you know what i mean and then yeah. way in because sometimes that's what people need it's like that kind of usp type thing Mm -hmm. where it feels like an alien world Mm -hmm. and that's the most accessible bit is oh i know what a mere person made or a mere person is so i'm coming in because i know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've seen the film splash Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but because otherwise if you start talking about free diving or yoga that might be totally alien to somebody mm-hmm. so it's, it's one of those things that's like yeah i would like to prove you wrong and mm-hmm. what you think this is mm-hmm. but if it's a way in to like introduce people to a world that they know nothing of or mm-hmm. and i guess like for you you were talking about the conservation aspect of it and you know you can i guess get in the ocean the amount of times you have and be up close and personal with what's down there to not then have a conscience yeah. about what we're doing yeah the planet totally you've you've seen it firsthand totally and and you know and like people you know people always ask me oh haven't you seen sharks you know are you scared of sharks or things and actually do you know what i've worked all over the world for 10 years in the ocean and the amount of sharks i've seen has been very minimal i mean that hardly hardly any and i've been in some of the most biodiverse waters on the planet in fact timor is the most biodiverse place on the planet and the lack of sharks there is concerning Mm -hmm. and you know i think and like basking shark numbers in here in scotland are down you know there's been less sightings this year and it's concerning Mm. it's really concerning and and you know and and the fact that we're still dredging for scallops and and stuff all around coastal coastal waters here just Mm -hmm. really just is it's shocking it's shocking Mm -hmm. and just it there's just so many there's so many things that we can do uh so yeah i think i th- i think that in itself is is my driving force mm-hmm. and and has it changed your personal habits over the years yeah i've definitely i've definitely so like uh, for instance i would never dream of eating tuna yeah <laughs> um yeah. i i've been i have been vegan um for stints of time mm-hmm. Um, I did do the get. I did do a guess. Well, I did the thing that I just assumed. Hence, <laughs> why we've got vegan biscuits. I checked. Both are vegan. Oh, perfect. I, I just had the vibe. I was mm. like, possibly, possibly but, yeah. vegan. So I like to eat the side of caution. I don't want to invite you to my house. Thank you. Vegan oh, thank you. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm mostly, I would say I'm like 90%. I I would say sometimes I um I get a bit anemic. Fair enough. Uh, on my yeah. cycle. And so yeah. I just, and again, it's with all the stuff I do, of I think, course. like all the physical stuff. Yes. So I have been eating like, I'd eat venison and kill her and if there is because it's the estate venison it's wild and it's organic and I feel okay about eating it um but yeah so yeah I think Mm -hmm. and with the seafood thing I sometimes go and collect my own mussels from the rocks yes um and that feels Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I've also got a spear gun so I can go and shoot fish you just became (laughs) way more badass there (laughs) anything it was possible of course you do I mean <laughs> yeah it's funny I'm in this I just want to quiet I know I actually I learned in New Zealand um I learned in New Zealand and I uh yeah it was it was a cool way of going and and fishing um in New Zealand and it's just I mean mm-hmm. it puts you in the food chain so mm-hmm. you basically you know you could be out for hours and not catch anything you could also be out for 10 minutes and catch something yeah. um but it's that effort and time and then respect that goes into the fish that you catch. Because I think that's the thing is that so many people are disconnected from their food source. And if you have to actually kill something to eat it, wow, you respect it so much more. Um, and you have to decide whether it's worth it or not. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. and that's for me has been a big thing is that I'm not saying don't eat fish because no. that's that's for a lot of people is inaccessible and you know like living in Timor that was the protein source I mean that's basically yeah, that what it. that was it uh-huh. but I think there's a balance and I think there's that thing of like respect and being, knowing and being mindful, and being mindful. And wasteful totally it? I mean food waste in this country is horrendous yeah. yeah horrendous it yeah. just is it's awful and considering like the many people that are struggling to put food on the table as well you know what I mean there's yeah. like a real imbalance of totally what we're doing. and homeless and homelessness and all those things yeah. and 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 you know and I mean I back in my chugging days mm-hmm. you know we used to go I had friends who would just go and like raid bins and stuff. Yeah. Um, because it's you know they used to get really amazing food. Oh, yeah, the amount of stuff you get fired out is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I think we're getting a bit better now. Some of the supermarkets are doing these kind of to, mm. to go bags and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I'm sure there's still mm. serious way to go in terms of like wastage mm. and yeah. Mm. But like yeah, going back to that kind of um yeah being more mindful and being a bit more educated and yeah I mean certainly like so I've always been a, a meat eater like mm-hmm. the way I've been brought up kind of thing but very recently I've just been becoming far more mindful and mm-hmm. eating far less meat than I ever mm-hmm. have um it's difficult for people to change habits overnight it's re- it's really Especially hard it's been like you know just generationally yeah. in terms of what we're doing food wise and mm-hmm. energy wise and yeah, it's, it's mm. just stop eating meat and stop doing this. And mm. It's difficult for people to make the grand leap sometimes. But mm. yeah, yeah, I think, I guess from your perspective, you've seen it firsthand and mm. been in the ocean. Yeah, and I mean, uh, listen, I mean, I am absolutely, you know, like people could say, oh, you've flown around the world a lot. And I take my hands up and I'm absolutely not preaching. Who's not done anything. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So, you know, there's definitely, we all have things that we've done. And I, yeah, but it's just trying to make small, subtle changes. Which we we all can Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. And it's just the same what ones you can do, Mm -hmm. what sacrifices you can make and what changes are available to you kind of thing on your budget or your lifestyle or whatever it is kind mm-hmm. of thing and in terms of um, like the adventures that you're you now taking people out the people that are coming on the adventures like the folk that came in july mm-hmm. um, 
are they would you say they they are people that are already i keep using this word in your world in your realm or have you had some people that are like this is completely lying to me i don't know why i signed up for this but here i am because <laughs> that would be me yeah okay so i'd say the last trip i um the last trip i ran was an all women's trip mm-hmm. for people who identified as being a woman um so that was super cool um because actually it was very diverse Mm -hmm. i would say there was a few people from like the adventure world and then there was also people from just like maybe the sailing world and there was Mm -hmm. people who were just absolutely from neither worlds Mm -hmm. and just wanted to come and give it a go Mm -hmm. it it was it was a transformational trip um because you know for so many it was i did stuff on i did some really interesting uh kind of more spiritual stuff which i think people hadn't necessarily been exposed to um so we did some kind of journaling practices around like letting go of things Mm -hmm. like calling stuff in Mm -hmm. we did some stuff around boundaries we Mm -hmm. did stuff around kind of like sovereignty and like owning your own stuff Mm -hmm. um which has all been really important and part of my journey as well um so i think that was that was really cool and people definitely um yeah, even if they hadn't, they weren't necessarily expecting these things. They all had a really great time. Of course, um, because it was... in that environment, you just you're more susceptible to get on board with things that are maybe a bit alien, like because you have stepped out of your mm. nine to five, your normal daily life to do a trip like that. Totally, think, like we're all the best versions of ourselves when we go on holiday. Generally, mm. you just take a step out of your normal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It's a chance to explore new things and try new foods or see new places and. Yeah, it seems like folk would be, but the, the, the trouble is we don't often give ourselves these totally. places and time to do these things like journaling, like, and totally. they're all great, like, we all know the work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm full of the good chat. I'm like, I totally meditate, it's great for you, like, do your yoga. <laughs> Am I doing any of that? Not a judge. Not a judge. <laughs> Until it's crisis and they're like, I need to write something down. <laughs> I, need, I need to do my my mindfulness for 10 minutes but yeah uh, the discipline yeah aspect of it i i get the impression you're quite a disciplined person because you're so in tune with you and what you need yeah and like you're obviously somebody who goes with their gut i i do i do but you know what though it causes me it causes me a bit of grief every right. now and again because like i'm that kind of person who's you're like i'm out bye exactly right i'm like i'm a, I'm a cracker for changing plans or like being like mm, i'm not really feeling it or something because yes. I don't and so I don't really feel like doing it so I won't do it or I'll say no I'll say yes to something and then I'll say no to something mm-hmm. um, that's refreshing though because a lot of us are people pleasers <laughs> and just doing the thing and where do you break the cycle like is it I mean if you're happy with mm-hmm. your life and your setup and what you're doing great do you know what I mean and, and some people thrive on routine and mm-hmm. being in the same place in their home bird great that works for you but I'm sure there's probably a lot of people listening to this and people you've experienced in the many different places you've been in the world who I'm like oh I wish I could be more like you yeah I have heard I have I yeah. have heard that quite uh-huh. a bit I have heard that a bit and I but I would say you know I think anyone anyone can I think anyone can you just I, you're like glad that yeah I mean <laughs> I'm, I, doing it, loving it. I'm doing it and living it and uh-huh. and I think as soon as you stop caring what other people think about mm-hmm. you that's a huge thing yeah and so stop caring what other people think of you and also go don't be afraid to go against the grain mm-hmm. either because i think you know i am going to my sister's wedding at the weekend okay. which is it's a different world you know she's right. in a totally different world for me right. yeah okay. and so you know and i'm the older <laughs> single sister who is you know who's lived quite a wild life you know i've i've been all over the place <laughs> 
I've lived in all the continents, you know, and that's very. Yeah, every person that go to a wedding, by the way, I'd be delighted if I got that <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah, so I bring all the chat. Um, but it's you know, but like I think expectations. Uh, yeah. 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 It's it's trying to it's 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 being uh self-aware enough to realize that they're other people's expectations they're not your own they're just you just need to steer away from them and carve your own path which can at times feel really scary and Mm -hmm. there's definitely you know moments recently where people have really questioned you know they've questioned Mara adventures because they've said or you know that's not going to work because you're in Scotland and it's cold and the ocean's cold and this is that you know and all the things and and I just think well I believe in it I celebrate it. Yeah. I want to do it, and this, and so other people. You have to be your biggest own biggest cheerleader. Totally. And it's great if you've got other people who are championing you. And I've been certainly I've been really lucky in the sense that I've got people around me that usually will say, "Go for it." And that's great. Mm. But if you don't believe in it, then mm. it doesn't matter what MD's saying. It's not going to work if you're not championing it. You're not going for it. And sometimes you do have to take that leap of faith, especially, you know, if you want something big, mm. monumental, like you're then going to need to put the big steps in yeah yeah for sure not like a, it's, and it's not like you've not put the graft in the, i mean you are highly qualified highly skilled <laughs> highly experienced like when when is if it's going to if it's going to work you're going to make it work yeah thank you I tr- i'm trying <laughs> i'm 100 sure it's going to be a success it's going to be what you want it to be and that's the thing what it's definitions of mm. success it's definitions of what's like a great life or mm. all that stuff do you know what i mean and milestones for people mm. look different do you know what i mean and I, yeah i think we are conditioned to extent in some cultures like certain milestones are to be met mm-hmm. you know when they're not like getting married having babies all the rest of it and that's great like that's what you want fantastic mm-hmm. but if that's not what you want then great do it <laughs> I mean, yeah fantastic brilliant you do you but yeah it's tricky when it's like when are you doing this when or oh that's a bit scary or when you're leaving your job or mm-hmm. i can imagine you've had that over the years yeah a lot of that and a lot of kind of um yeah just kind of uh are you questioning I think I think less so what I find is when I when I go to places and I'm working in diving communities you'll meet a lots of similar folk. Yes, so yeah. nobody's got that chat. So, so that <laughs> chat is go for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah. minimal and it's and you, you know you can curate that then. Totally. Totally. It's important I guess not to always surround yourself with yes people because you need people to, like, to challenge you. Yeah. Fine. Totally. But not like stand in your way. Totally. Yeah. And it's that whole thing of like being in an echo chamber, right? You yeah. don't, you want to have, you want to have varying opinions Correct. because otherwise you're so <laughs> like so, tunnel vision that you never you see. I'm a politician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's saying the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of that thing of like, okay, cool. I'm doing something that's made me slightly left field and that's sweet. And there's other people doing it. There's like-minded souls out there, but maybe especially when I'm back here in Scotland, it feels like there's less less of me yeah. and that's cool. Yeah. But it's just trying to find, it's finding your tribe, but also being open to, you know, yeah. other people who have... You just invite people in your tribe. Yeah. Like, come with me. You'll come. be fine. I'll look after you. Don't be scared. <laughs> come play in the ocean with me. I mean, like, the thing is, for you, every day must be wildly different. And I think that's the exciting bit of, of it. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, before you came here, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not equating you coming to my house to do a podcast wildly exciting. But you were training 
a stunt person. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so that's like another string to your bow, another avenue. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, so I was working with um a guy this morning, mm-hmm. um who is trying to get on the stunt register, mm-hmm. and he he reached out to me because he wanted some help with okay. his underwater stuff. Yes. Um, because. They have that's to... not a world you've went into, no. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. I was looking You're at like, the... how are you going to know that? Come on. I know. <laughs> I know. I was looking at the qualifications and I was like, do you know what? I could totally do this. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I've got enough going on at the moment. Um... <laughs> <laughs> one for the back, brother. <laughs> yeah, I've actually really enjoyed working working with the stunt person because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, then what I meant was I could bring in is like, obviously all my freediving skills yes. and breathwork skills but I also brought in this um I love doing underwater workouts so if anyone's watched yes. my Instagram recently I um I, I'm an XPT teacher which is XPT is like uh it's performance breathwork mm-hmm. but there's the guy who set it up is a guy called Laird Hamilton and he's a big wave surfer like huge wave surfer mm-hmm. and he's set up doing all these workouts which are like basically like underwater weight weightlifting okay. um and doing stuff that really spikes your um co2 levels quite quickly and right. they're, they're really amazing they're really powerful but it's really cool because like working with a stunt person it's like perfect person to do them with because uh i was like jules how do you feel about if i bring my kettlebell my 12 kilo kettlebell <laughs> to the swimming pool would you be up for it or not and he's like hell yeah let's go is this just in an average <laughs> like swimming baths i was in bonus swimming pool <laughs> <laughs> just getting them morning swimming like what is going on there I, mean, I had so many people approach me afterwards just like, like what are you up to what are you up to pal <laughs> uh well actually um world of like film surely that's like a world that you could be invited into as well like in terms of training people and all that like yeah i'm, I'm just trying to put you in another oh one. yeah like, great you know what i mean but like in terms of like yeah a theater background and yeah you know what i mean like that's maybe a world that i would have thought yeah i they need people like you so yeah and 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 actually like i mean i love working one-on-one with people yeah. i find that like coach kind of place is where i'm quite mm-hmm. comfy because i love teaching but i like kind of the intimacy almost of one-on-one yes. i find it really um it suits my personality and it's kind of it's it's cool to see someone grow and and be you know and 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 be helpful and Mm -hmm. and I yeah so I really I really enjoy that you collect like over the years like you've got all these contact like I guess if you were to put a map of the world out and all these be pins or Mm. just where you've been but all the people you've met and the people that you can call on Mm. oh I'm coming here oh I know a person yeah you know like you're like yeah you could get to somewhere you would always have a door to chap on yeah it's true uh-huh. <laughs> it's very true it's very true and I I think I think that's uh yeah it's it's been it's been really good actually because mm. I but I often complain about being lonely here because I'm like yeah. I've got all these friends and they're the all over the world <laughs> but uh yeah not that many here but that's also fine I do have some here yeah. I'm just being... and you're making new and I'm making new all, all the time especially with mad adventures now totally you know, they're going to, some of the people will end up becoming friends for life or acquaintances for life at least, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because they, they like really strong experiences, like life-changing experiences with people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm thinking like, I'm going to walk this marathon in a couple of weeks with mm-hmm. some of my really close mates. And like, when you do things like that together, things that are out the ordinary, things you're not necessarily going to do every day or you see a new place, like mm-hmm. it's always about a lot of the time, the people that you experienced it with yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah and and that's 
you know, and it's often not about the thing. Yeah. It's about the people. Yeah. And that's what it's it's always about. Mm-hmm. It's it's always about the people and the connection and the bonds. And I think, yeah, and I think that's, I mean, that, that for me has been, again, what these Mara expeditions has been mm-hmm. about is just like that connection between each other and yourself, of course. Of course. And yeah, the ocean, yeah, yeah. but like that real bond to go and explore. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and just kind of almost disconnect from the outside world as well i i mean i think my next one i really want the focus to be on like turning your phones off which yes. is like oh <laughs> controversial <laughs> um but i did it a couple of weeks ago i didn't i did an experiment i, t- I turned my phone off for a week and i felt amazing yeah, a bit a bit and it was just actually just what my brain needed mm-hmm. my brain just switched off oh it's a pure addiction <laughs> i mean it really is like uh, yeah and it's like that, like, you know, if you do kind of almost a bit by accident end up not looking at your phone all day, mm. you do feel better. <laughs> you yeah. do. You know, but it's just making that conscious mm-hmm. choice sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of it, you know, looking at the phone before I go to bed and all that. And mm-hmm. it's just not good for your brain. Mm-hmm. I've read all the articles about it, seen it on the telly, mm-hmm. still doing it. Yeah, it's just that conditioning in it. And it's like your mindset, mm-hmm. I guess, for you, because you are stepping out of a reality mm-hmm. question the quotation marks but and you're constantly doing that reset mm. whereas and that's what i really admire because mm. you're like taking the time and make and it sounds like you do it for a job obviously but you also do it because you need to do it it's like just part of who you are yeah yeah the ocean is part of who uh, i am yeah. i remember i mean i was um where was i I was somewhere. I was somewhere. I can't remember. And I met up with a friend. Somewhere exhausted. I was somewhere. I was somewhere hot. <laughs> I was somewhere where there was a warm ocean. Mm-hmm. And I met up with a friend, and 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 she hadn't been in the sea yet, and it had been like three. Or, she'd been there for like four days, and I was just like, yeah, like what's wrong with you? Are you what? <laughs> How have you not? It's the most inviting, beautiful blue yeah. sea. Like I, you can't even get me out. Like I'm in. <laughs> you know. Like, I, <laughs> You know, and but I've always been like this. I mean, I remember going. I remember going on like family trips or whatever. In fact, even when I did my masters, and we were in, we we're in the Cairngorms. We we're in the Cairngorms, mm-hmm. and it was I want to say October, November time, oh, and we were we were camping by um, a loch right in the Cairngorms. So you have to like we had to hike in and all this stuff, and um, and you know. I was going for morning dips oh, <laughs> and this is like pre wild something being like famous <laughs> and like before it was cool doing? yeah and I just I just I don't know there's something about being near a body of water I have to go and mm. get in it I have to it's it's like for my sanity for me for who I am I love it mm-hmm. I love it and so you know even friends who who like how are you coping in Scotland like you know it's in the cold and stuff I'm like listen (laughs) yeah exactly I'm in the ocean and the ocean's amazing and I love Mm -hmm. it and I can swim in it and it's great and why would I not be okay like yeah uh, and like last winter I I made a very conscious effort not to get uh like seasonal affective disorder like not not to feel my mood drop you know because I was like oh god I haven't been in a cot I haven't been in the northern hemisphere for eight years this is going to be intense potentially yes but I went and I did a morning 10 minute dunk (laughs) every day ice bath kind of vibe you know just time to myself really mindful just immersion cold water immersion every morning before I did anything and it was it kept me sane yeah it kept me sane yeah 
Well, yeah, I mean, you're massively inspiring me. I mean, I'm not necessarily going to jump in the, the barn that's behind my house. What? You don't want to go to the shopping trolleys? <laughs> totally. But you're definitely inspiring me to get these swimming lessons that I've been, like, mulling over for many a year. Like, you've definitely inspired me. And I'm sure anyone listening to this will be hugely inspired. And it's not all come easy. And it's been hard graft. I mean, it all sounds very glamorous. You know, <laughs> swanning around the world, swimming around the world. But it sounds like you've... You know, you have worked really hard. Uh-huh. You've, you've curated this amazing life for yourself. Uh-huh. It's hugely inspiring. Thank You're you. You're really very passionate about it. I just wish you continued joy and success with it. And obviously, I put all the details for people to like, you know, find my adventures website and book for your next amazing adventure. I mean, like, if anybody's thinking about doing something life changing, I think mm. you're the person to do it with for sure. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm so, I'm just so chuffed that you reached out. Like, thank <laughs> you for doing that because, like, we may, maybe never would have met. You're in the clan now. You see, so great. Whatever you're doing, <laughs> I'll, I'll always try to like, you know, support and plug what people are up to, and if there's anything that the Brown and the Brave can do for you like as a thank you for mm. giving your time and energy because you're a busy and important person so <laughs> the fact that you've detoured to be yourself <laughs> I loved it a plate of bib and creams um it became a quite a tradition in the podcast I used to I haven't been doing it more recently but it was questions called the hingamajigs which were just random questions that I would ask okay uh I guess and I have to ask you at least two just to cool. fulfill that tradition right so um one of which off the top of my head is if you could speak to your younger self and you can pick whatever age that is, uh, what would you say to them? Uh, you are enough, probably age like 14. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think I was I was really struggling as a teen. I had a real rough teenage years. Just parents divorce, like eating disorders, all the things. It was just rough, 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 rough. Yeah. And I think I was just generally mediocre at everything. And I think that that was just, and but it means that I've, but I think it's probably why I'm such a like. There's nothing mediocre about you. But I think I just, I would go back and I'd say, yeah, you're enough. Don't worry. You know, you're all sweet. Correct. Correct. Good advice to your younger <laughs> self and anyone else listening for sure. Um, and the question that I ask everybody in the podcast because it's called the Bro and the Brave. Mm-hmm. And I do love words. What is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh, <laughs> well, you've spent enough time here now. <laughs> um, like if someone's peely wally. <laughs> yes. I think that's amazing. I doubt you're ever peely wally. No, <laughs> I I do get a bit pale in winter, but um, yeah, peely wally. Oh, and suck it and see. Suck it and see. That's not came up. Oh, really? Suck it and see. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's not some... We would say down south, no, suck it and see. No. Interesting. No. Cool. Yeah, so they're my well, two. I mean, that sounds like your mantra, <laughs> surely. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of like suck it and see. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad you went with your gut and you reached out to me. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm more than glad and delighted we've had this conversation. And yeah, you're brawn, brave and equal measures. Thanks so much for coming <laughs> on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks you're, for having me. Most welcome <laughs> anytime hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brawn the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now